Before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to add a health disclaimer. The information presented in this podcast is not medical advice, and this episode is for informational purposes only. Consult with your child's pediatrician for any medical issues or questions you may have. Hello and welcome to Genius Little Minds, the podcast about childhood mental health from the perspective of a licensed mental health professional. I'm Dr. Madeleine Vieira, a clinical child psychologist specializing in infant mental health and childhood anxiety disorders. I'm also a mother of three girls, ages seven, five, and three, so I can personally relate to a lot of the struggles parents go through. Raising healthy children is important, so on each episode of Genius Little Minds, we'll dive into an aspect of childhood mental health. I'm here to shine a light on the tough issues that families like you are facing every day. Things like childhood mood disorders, anxiety, tricky family dynamics, and more. I'll guide you through the various aspects of children's mental health so you not only understand your child better, but also feel empowered as a parent to make decisions and help them seek treatment if it's needed. My mission is to demystify childhood mental health issues so you can connect with your child better and help them lead a healthy, happy life. Throughout the podcast, I'll help you understand the signs, symptoms, and treatments for various childhood psychological disorders. We'll talk about how you can best support your child in both school and at home, and how to find professional help if necessary. Together, we'll navigate tough topics like infant detachment, toddler tantrums, signs of anxiety, ADHD, and childhood depression, intrusive thoughts or obsessive behaviors, and so much more. So whether you're having trouble bonding with your newborn or you have an older child displaying behavioral difficulties, this podcast is for you. I work with infants and children with a wide range of mental health concerns. If you gain one thing from this podcast, it's that you are not alone. Thousands of families struggle with the same things that you do. And the good news is, help is available. I believe that with the right information, you can make empowered decisions for your family. Play and learning are often talked about as though they're separate concepts once children are school-aged. But for preschoolers, play is absolutely essential to learning and development. Preschoolers learn through fun and games. When children play, they are developing their cognitive, linguistic, physical, social, and emotional skills. Whether they're playing with puzzles and toys, manipulating shapes, coloring, painting, or interacting with peers, your child is engaging in valuable learning. There are several different types of play, but they often overlap. Today, we'll go over four types of play that preschoolers typically engage in. Dramatic play, manipulative play, physical play, and creative play. Dramatic play includes dressing up in costumes, playing pretend, assuming character roles, using toys or puppets to act as characters in stories, and using their imagination to create scenarios. If you've ever played The Floor is Lava with your children, you know how fun and imaginative dramatic play can be for little ones. And there are significant benefits too. Dramatic play helps children explore self-empowerment, giving them the opportunity to make choices, connect with themselves, and act out their feelings. It also allows them to practice conflict management and resolution skills, which are crucial later in life. There's manipulative play, which is not as sinister as it sounds, Rather, it's referring to manipulating or mastering the toys or objects they're using. In manipulative play, your child might use Legos to build something, put a puzzle together, or string beads to create a necklace. 
Manipulative play helps children learn about the size, shape, weight, length, and height of objects. It teaches children about sequencing, patterns, order, colors, and textures, and also how to make comparisons. It also helps children to practice their decision-making skills, analyze and solve problems, and learn about cause and effect. If you've ever played with Legos or put together a puzzle yourself, you know that this kind of activity can also help you develop concentration skills and the willingness to persevere despite minor setbacks. Then there's physical play, which of course involves being physically active. Preschoolers should spend at least three hours a day doing some kind of physical activity. This is often built into a preschool schedule and should be spread throughout the day. Your preschooler might love to play on the playground, play hopscotch or tag, kick a ball, or engage in any other number of physical games. Physical play helps your child strengthen their body, develop hand-eye coordination, foot-eye coordination, and gross motor skills like walking, running, kicking, or jumping. Physical activity reduces the risk of your child getting heart disease, cancer, and type 2 diabetes later in life. It also improves balance, posture, and flexibility while helping your child stay at a healthy weight. You may notice that when your preschooler doesn't get enough physical activity, they're bouncing off the walls. But when they do, they're more relaxed, they sleep better, and they're overall less cranky and more pleasant to be around. And lastly, there's creative play, which involves the use of art supplies like markers, crayons, construction paper, and glue to make something. Arts and crafts projects aren't just for fun. They actually help your preschooler develop fine motor skills as they cut paper, glue feathers, or use a colored pencil. They're gaining the necessary strength and coordination to hold writing utensils and practice writing letters and their name. Creative play also helps children learn to express their feelings through art and can be a great sensory outlet as they explore texture, color, and sound. Play is so vital to early childhood development that sustained moderate to severe play deprivation in a child's first 10 years has been shown to have serious negative consequences like depression, fragile and shallower relationships, reduced self-control, a propensity for addiction, and difficulty adapting to change later in life. Dr. Joe Frost, the contemporary father of play advocacy, called the reduction of play during the past 50 years a public health crisis. That's how critical play is to your child's well-being. Your preschoolers learning so much at this age. Have you ever noticed how your preschoolers classroom is filled with simple images with the object name displayed? You might notice a bus icon, a cat, the sun, a ball. This is to help your child make connections between the object and the letters and words. Every day your preschooler is becoming aware of letters, numbers, shapes and symbols, whether they're sitting on the alphabet rug for circle time singing songs or reciting rhymes, your child's literacy skills are being developed. Reading and writing skills aren't the only things your preschooler is learning. Your child is developing basic math skills as well. They'll practice counting in preschool, learn numbers and shapes, and maybe even be introduced to the calendar system. While your preschooler isn't at the developmental stage to fully understand the calendar and its functions, that will come later in grade school they might be introduced to a picture calendar with classmates' birthdays or a daily routine chart. Older preschoolers will be able to answer questions like how many toy cars are on the floor and group objects that go together, like books or blocks. To nurture counting skills, ask your preschooler questions like 
how many apple slices are on your plate? Or how many steps is it from here to the car? To grow their sorting skills, have your preschooler help you sort laundry, putting all the red clothes in a pile or matching each family member's socks. Children really don't need fancy toys to develop intellectually. Your child might be just as delighted by a water bottle filled with rice or marbles. Help them practice comparison skills by asking how the sounds differ when you shake the bottles. Doing so will also teach them that we use our five senses to learn about our environments. Science skills are also introduced at this age, and your preschooler is probably already a natural scientist, curious about the world and eager to explore. Encourage your child to interact with and learn about nature, ask questions and conduct experiments, and even talk with them about scientific concepts. Cooking is a great example of how to incorporate scientific exploration into play. If you invite your child to help you bake something, let them practice skills like measuring and mixing ingredients. Go slowly if you can, taking the opportunity to explain what happens when something liquid like cake batter, gets put in the oven. Don't be surprised if cooking with your child is a lot slower and messier than if you were to just do it yourself. But your child is likely to treasure the experience with you and also learn something in the process. Your preschooler will also be learning directional words like up, down, behind. Practice these words while cooking by saying things like, once we measure the flour, it goes inside the glass bowl. Preschoolers move from associative play into cooperative play between the ages of four and six. Associative play refers to playing with other children, but without working together to reach a common goal. For example, your child might be playing with other children in the sandbox. They're talking with each other and building sandcastles, but they're not working together on the same sandcastle. Cooperative play, on the other hand, is when your child is interested both in the play itself and in working together, cooperating with other children to accomplish a goal. There will likely be a division of labor, rules, assigned roles, and organization as they work towards that goal, such as building one magnificent sandcastle together. Cooperation is a learned skill. As your child is learning how to engage in cooperative play, he's navigating how to self-regulate and balance his immediate needs with the needs or wants of the group. He's learning to maintain and balance his own identity while being part of a team. And he's practicing effective communication, compromise, fair play, and teamwork. There are so many valuable social-emotional lessons in the preschool years. At school, your child will practice sharing, taking turns, and working together. They'll also practice cleaning up, organizing or tidying the classroom, and work on manners. But having a preschooler isn't all fun and games. There are challenging behaviors associated with the preschool years, such as lying, tantrums, anxiety, and aggression on the playground. If you catch your preschooler lying, you may be worried you're raising a devious child. But the truth is, pun intended, that between the ages of four and five, what's real versus fantasy is still a bit blurry. Your preschooler may have forgotten she's done something wrong, like accidentally break mommy's vase, so she denies it. Or she's wishing so strongly it didn't happen that she's convinced herself it didn't. It surely must have been someone else's blunder. Preschoolers also have very active imaginations. So when they lie, it may stem from a desire to live out their rich fantasy life or feel good and important. 
you know your child didn't travel to the North Pole while he slept, but his creativity and imagination are telling him otherwise. Or your child may be lying to gain control after an overwhelming situation or out of a desire for attention. If they saw their older brother fall and break their arm, for example, they may falsely claim that they were the one who took them to the hospital, even though that's not physically possible. It's their way of coping and making sense of the event. Another tricky preschooler behavior is tantrums. 91% of 30 to 36-month-olds have tantrums. But how common are they among 4- and 5-year-olds? Typically, we see tantrums decline with age. If your preschooler is having frequent tantrums, they have not quite learned how to cope with frustration and regulate their feelings. Talk to your pediatrician if you suspect underlying causes of tantrums in your older child, such as a sensory processing issue, a speech delay, or underlying mental health disorder. Preschool is a great time for children to practice co- and self-regulation. Self-regulation is a skill that children need to be taught and have time to practice, like anything else. It's when a person is able to manage their emotions and behaviors, even in upsetting situations. When you can self-regulate, you're able to calm yourself down when you're upset and deal with stressful emotions like frustration or anger without having a meltdown or outburst. Rather than avoiding tricky situations, use them as a learning opportunity. If you're working together on a tough task, for example, try breaking it into small chunks so your child doesn't get too overwhelmed. Work slowly, offer praise, and add steps slowly. Modeling self-regulation is also beneficial. Show your child how to take deep breaths when he becomes overwhelmed and do the deep breathing together to reset. You might notice your preschooler acts differently depending on the setting. They might behave differently at grandma's house, at school, or the park. As a parent or caregiver, try to be proactive. Over time, you may be able to anticipate a problem before it occurs. For example, if you notice your child cries every time you go to the grocery store together after school, they might just be too tired or hungry to tolerate a midday shopping trip. Try to go at a time that fits better with their routine, when they're less cranky, and enlist their help so they feel useful and important. If you notice your child is about to start fighting with a sibling over a toy, Try diverting their attention before the fighting starts or offer choices so your children can proactively be involved in the decision-making of what happens next. As always, now is the portion of the podcast where I take caller questions. On every episode, we hear from parents from all over the world in the hopes that will help you get some clarity on how to support your child. Hi, Dr. Vieira. My name is Cindy. My husband and I live in Vancouver, Canada with our two daughters, who are four and seven. Our oldest daughter is outgoing and fearless and was even in preschool, so we're at a bit of a loss of how to navigate things with our youngest, Ella. Ella is fully potty trained but is too shy to use the toilet at preschool, so she's been having accidents. She's too nervous to go to the teacher to ask for help, and we've also been told that she's shy and reluctant to speak to the other children as well. I I'm beginning to worry that she's not just shy, but maybe has anxiety. Is it normal behavior for a preschooler to be a bit wary of other kids? 
We didn't struggle with this with our older daughter, so aren't quite sure if our second is anxious or just takes a bit longer to warm up. Any light you can shed would be helpful. Thanks so much. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for calling in with your question. We know that all children are unique, but it can still be difficult to know how to navigate those differences. The first step is to figure out exactly what the problem is. Is it simply that she's too nervous to ask to go to the bathroom? Or is it the loud noises in the bathroom? Or that she wants to be alone in the bathroom? Once you've pinpointed the problem, you can work towards a solution. Since it sounds like asking to go to the bathroom is the main problem, you could talk with a teacher about your daughter using sign language or a piece of paper she holds up to indicate that she needs to go. This way she doesn't have to verbally ask. It is normal when beginning school to feel some anxiety over the new routines and new friends. Over time, however, it should get better. If it's been many months and you're still not seeing improvement, it's likely time to seek help. Your daughter may be suffering from social anxiety. The biggest differentiation between social anxiety disorder and normal nerves is when it interferes with normal functioning. If your daughter is always on high alert at school, and unable to make friends, social anxiety may be present. It wouldn't hurt to have her evaluated by a mental health professional. Even if she doesn't receive a clinical diagnosis, the mental health professional could give her helpful coping strategies. Hello, I'm Bernard calling in from Berlin, Germany. My wife and I, uh, we have three children, ages two, four and six. Our middle child, who just turned four last month, has become very bossy all of a sudden. Um, he used to be so agreeable, but now he tries to boss every, everyone in the house about everything. He wants to dictate what we eat, who gets to play what. Sometimes he will stomp his foot and demand we do what he says because he is the king. It's so unbearable. I can't figure out if we are raising a tyrant or if this is just a phase he's going through. How should I respond to this controlling behavior? Hi Bernard, thanks for sharing your concerns. Oftentimes, small children can feel like they have very little control over their lives since adults make so many decisions for them. So, they try to be demanding of everything around them. One way to address this is to give them as many opportunities as possible to make choices for themselves. Look for choices that aren't overly important to give your son the chance to dictate what will happen, like what shoes he will wear today or which kind of cereal he'll eat for breakfast. Then make clear what things he cannot dictate, such as what other people do, eat and play. Make sure that you set firm boundaries. His behavior is looking for where the limits are and you need to be the one to set those limits. You will likely meet resistance from him with these boundaries at first, but holding firm to them will help him learn what behavior is acceptable and what behavior isn't. I know that this is easier said than done. Try taking turns with your wife, if possible, when he begins to throw a fit. This way, you both get a chance to step away and take a deep breath. Remember that this is a phase that will pass with the right guidance and boundaries. You can do it. Thanks for taking my call, Dr. Vieira. My name is Josephine, and we live in Denver, Colorado, with a child who's just shy of four years old. She'll be four next week. 
Um, I'm calling because I'm a bit concerned about some of the tall tales my daughter tells when she gets home from preschool. It's hard for us to tell what's real and what's made up. I mean, sometimes it's obvious, like when she says her class went out on the grass at lunchtime and fought a dragon. I later learned from the teacher they actually had a fire drill. But other times it's more concerning, like when she says everyone in class hit her in the face that day, or everyone hates her. When I ask the teacher, she says my daughter is very social, and she has two friends she hangs out with every day, and no physical altercations have happened. How am I supposed to teach her to tell the truth while not making her feel bad for having an imagination? Josephine, I'm so glad you called in with this question. So many parents wonder how to navigate tall tales or lies that their children tell. It's important to remember that lying is a normal part of development. Knowing the difference between the truth and fiction is something that children need to learn as they grow. A great first step to addressing this with your daughter is figuring out why she is telling these stories. Is she looking for attention? Are they a sign of a problem at school? If you can find a common reason, it will be easier to address. Then you should fully explain the difference between a story and what exactly happened. Give her the freedom to say, I'm going to tell you a story, and then tell you all about the dragons at recess. Stress the importance of differentiating the two because of the consequences of lying, such as other kids getting in trouble or adults not believing her when she does tell the truth. Books about honesty and its importance can also help your child understand the difference between fact and fiction. Most give great examples of why it's important to tell the truth and how the truth keeps everyone safe and happy. This lesson may take a while to learn, just like everything else. Remind her often of the importance of honesty and model it yourself. Eventually, she'll catch on. Hello, Dr. Vieira. I'm Katie from Dublin, Ireland. My son has become aggressive toward other children on the playground. He throws things when he doesn't get his way and has had a few bad play dates where he gets in the other child's face. I don't know what to do when he's so defiant and aggressive. Should I take him to a therapist? Hi Katie, thanks for sharing your situation. Aggressive behaviours in the preschool years are fairly common because children lack the words and emotional awareness to express themselves fully. Instead, when they feel intense emotions, they lash out with their bodies. While it's not atypical, it's definitely a behavior that needs to be addressed right away to keep everyone safe. Spend time teaching your son about various emotions, especially the negatives like anger and jealousy. Help him recognize what it feels like and what are appropriate steps to take when those emotions hit. Reading books or playing games about emotions can be a great way to do this. You can also look for patterns in his behavior. Is he more aggressive at the end of the day because he's tired? Or is he more likely to become angry before lunch because he's hungry? If it's possible to predict when he might be more likely to be aggressive and why, you can take steps to prevent it. Try to praise good behavior and positive interactions with others every time you see it. Positive reinforcement will be much more effective than punishment. If the aggressive behavior is a pattern that has been going on for weeks to months, it may be beneficial to take him to a mental health professional. This does not mean that he is definitely struggling with a mental illness. He could just be unsure how to cope with and express his emotions. A mental health professional can give him strategies 
and help him role play to know what to do in situations where he feels really frustrated. The preschool years are full of fun and games. I hope interacting with your child through play will help you relive some of the joys of being a kid again. But there are challenging behaviors associated with these years too, like lying, dysregulation, and tantrums. Here are three key points to remember about preschooler play, learning, and behavior. One, preschoolers learn through play. We covered four types of play in today's episode. Dramatic play, manipulative play, physical play, and creative play. All have huge cognitive, linguistic, physical, and social and emotional benefits. By four and five years old, your preschooler will be practicing cooperative play, engaging with other children to reach a shared goal. Two, play deprivation in the child's first 10 years of life has been linked to emotional dysregulation, depression, reduced impulse control, inflexibility, and fragile, shallower interpersonal relationships later in life. Three, lying is a common behavior among preschool-aged children. They can't yet tell the difference between lies and reality, so often the fibs are a result of them not remembering that something happened or them telling a creative story rather than them trying to be deceitful. I hope you found today's episode on preschooler play learning and behavior informative and helpful. Stay tuned because next time we'll cover everything you might want to know about how much and what your preschooler should eat. See you next time and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.